in a lot of cases, what happens is, is that people kind of get sucked down a bit of a vortex. They end up in this kind of big rabbit hole, kind of going down into a spiral and, and spending money on things that really, you know, they, they probably should stay away from initially. Hi, this is Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, host of the Small Biz Chat Podcast. I want to serve you. This pandemic has been so hard on America's small businesses and on just America in general. If you're ready to start your dream business, boy, do I have a great offer for you. I am giving away 1,000 copies of my best-selling book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months. Over 100,000 people have this book. It has been printed in multiple languages around the world, and I wanted to find a way to serve America's small businesses in this pandemic. And so I'm giving away a thousand copies of my book. All you have to do to get your copy is head over to beginmybiz.com slash free offer to, you know, sign up for your copy. All you have to do is pay shipping and we will mail one out to you. I am so excited about this. I want to serve you. Grab your copy today. Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's the small biz lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, everybody. This is Professor Melinda Emerson, and welcome back to the Small Biz Lady University. I am so excited to have with me a guest expert today. His name is Jim Banks. Listen, he is one of the original gangsters of digital marketing. He's been doing it for 22 years. He has generated over $1.7 billion, that's a billion with a B, for his customers in revenue and over two and a half million in leads for B2B businesses. So whether you sell products or you target people, He's got it. He's absolutely got it for us today. And so, Jim, thank you so much for being here. My students are so excited to hear from you. Thank you so much for inviting me to uh, come and talk to you, Melinda. It's 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 uh it's great. I've heard so so many great things about um about your course, and I'm I'm privileged and honored to uh, to come and talk to your students. Well, thank you, thank you so much. And so so tell us a little bit, like if if you are just getting started with online ads. What is the first thing that you need to do? Because I think sometimes people think they need to just rush out and throw a bunch of money at Facebook. And I'm like, what is it that you need to do before you get to that? What are what are the steps? Walk us through what you need to kind of understand first before you just jump out there. So you're absolutely right. I think the mistake a lot of people make is they just get their credit card, put it into Facebook or Google and start spending money on advertising and assume that that's like a magic wand that's going to kind of conjure up all these great successes and they'll get some success, no doubt. Right. But the reality of it is, is that, you know, I think in, in a lot of cases, that's the biggest mistake that people make is that they start to spend money without having thought through their strategy in advance. Right. So I think before you, you kind of start spending money, you need to put in place some foundational activities. Right. So if you take, and I'm going to talk in terms of, Facebook and Google, right? Because those are the sort of two that between them have got like probably an 80, 90% market share, right? And I think most advertisers will get great success if they run Facebook and Google, right? I see a lot of people will just run Facebook or just run Google, right? And I think really you'll have kind of success with both. And again, it's the, the, the beauty of paid advertising is, you know, it's something that you can kind of start small and build up on, right? And, and you can sort of scale it over time. But but in in the case of you know Facebook Facebook have uh, something called a pixel and what you need to be doing is you need to put your pixel on your site so then that way 
when people are visiting the site, Facebook knows what pages people have, have been to, right? So that they can actually understand a little bit better who they should be serving ads to based on the content of your site, right? And when it comes to Google, Google have obviously a multitude of, of sort of software solutions in their suite, right? So you've got sort of Google ads itself. I started buying Google ads right from day one. I think I was one of the first 300 advertisers that Google had, right? And since then, it's kind of evolved. It's become a bit more like a Swiss army knife, right? It's all of a sudden, it's got all these extra bells and whistles, right? So what started off first off with, um, you know, just people buying keywords, right? Um, what's evolved now is you have people that are running shopping ads and they're running display ads and they're running, you know, all sorts of different formats. And again, I think it's overwhelming that, you know, people think they can just kind of go in, put in their credit card and just buy a couple of keywords and you can, right? But in a lot of cases, what happens is, is that people kind of get sucked down a bit of a vortex. They end up in this kind of big rabbit hole, kind of going down into a spiral and, and spending money on things that really, you know, they, they probably should stay away from initially, right? So again, I think it, it's important that, you know, you put in place the right mechanisms to be able to track your conversions. You need to set yourself a realistic goal in terms of, what an acquisition should cost, right? And what a lot of people don't do is they don't factor into account their own time, right? So again, if, if you're selling, let, let's say you're selling sneakers, right? And you are selling sneakers for 80 bucks. That's what obviously the retail cost, that the, the cost to you might be 40 bucks, but then obviously that, that in, in theory means you have a sort of gross profit of 40, but then over and above that, you've got the cost of shipping, you've got the cost of customer service. There's lots of additional ancillary costs that go with that, right? So you need to kind of come up with a realistic, I can afford to spend X amount of dollars acquiring a new customer for this product, right? And again, it'll, it'll vary. Sometimes, you know, um, people are selling different products with different margins, so rather than having one strategy for everything, you need to kind of um, try and have something that is more in tune with specifically the products that you're trying to sell, right? So that you have a different strategy for those. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And But I, isn't there a step even like before you get to that, though? Like, don't you have to kind of look at, do you have a good product, right? Yeah. Do you have a good price? The kind of good old sort of marketing principles, you need to kind of have the right product in the right place and the right promotion, you know, so, so yeah, so, so those fundamentals have got to be there, right? You need to understand the competitive landscape to know who it is that you're going up against, right? And again, the, the beauty of, um, you know, places like Google is Google give you um, like, like they call it a keyword planner, right? So you can sign up for a Google ads account. Like you just, you know, put in a credit card that gives you the account. They have some tools. One's called the keyword planner. What it will do is it will give you the ability to type in a keyword. It will give you ideas on the themes that you may want to kind of create campaigns around. It'll also give you keyword suggestions and it will give you some ballpark prices on what they feel realistically the cost should be. I always say to people, whatever those costs are, ignore them, right? Because Google are looking after Google. Facebook are looking after Facebook. Right. I'm looking after you, right? So whatever they say, ignore it because that's not realistically what you ought to be paying in sort of out the gates. That's not to say that in time you may not get up to that, right? But it's it's something that I think if you go go with what they suggest to begin with, you're just going to get hurt. So obviously you can type in your keywords. They will then give you some suggestions on what terms you may want to bid on. And then obviously from there, 
you know, you can kind of set up your, your campaigns. You need to set up what they call an ad group on Google. So again, that, that tends to be kind of uh, driven by a theme. And I always kind of say your, your ad groups should really kind of line up with whatever product is that you're selling, right? So if you're selling, again, if you're selling sneakers, you may have, you know, men's sneakers, women's sneakers, children's sneakers, right? And then you, so those would be your ad groups. And then your ads and landing pages will be unique to that particular sort of subcategory of product, mm-hmm. right? Because again, I think, you know, what, what you want to try and do is you're trying to find a good, a good fit. I always say to my clients, I'm much more concerned about your clients than I am about you, right? That's not, I, I don't want to serve them, but I, I feel if I do a good job of serving their clients, right? By providing the right product at the right price with the right promotion, the right landing page, the right amount of information for them to make an informed purchase, then we're, we'll be in good shape, right? I think there's much more likelihood of them buying it, right? Because again, if you look at sort of Google, Google is a place where people go to look for things. Facebook is somewhere where you're interrupting what it is that they're there to do, right? So your, your ads on Facebook would need to be different and sort of like kind of, again, most people will be doing things on mobiles. I always say to people, you know, you've got to sort of think of, that in most cases you're looking at probably 70 to 75% of traffic will be on mobile. So just because it might look fantastic on a big, you know, 27 inch iMac, right. In 4k resolution, right. You've really got to say, well, how does it look on a small iPhone? Right. Cause that's ultimately in, in most cases, what people are using in which to kind of make informed decisions. And also I think a lot of people are sort of dual devicing, right? So in a lot of cases, they might be watching TV and they're on a phone or they're on a tablet. So again, it's trying to understand how those types of behaviors can influence their purchasing decision-making process. Okay. So you mentioned mobile. I'm glad you did because do you have to buy ads differently for mobile devices or can you use your same pay-per-click ads you, you can use you can you, you can use the same ads but I think again I think what you what you need to understand is the context of the, a keyword can be different depending on time of day day of the week location right so again if, if I type in um, the word pizza right right so again let, let's say I'm based in in London and I type in the word pizza and Google knows because of my device and my GPS that I'm somewhere in like Manhattan right? If I type in pizza, they're not going to suggest ingredients for me to go and make one myself, right? They're going to know the context that it's like 10 o'clock at night. I'm probably looking for somewhere where I can get a bit of pizza to eat, right? right. So the, the keyword can have different context depending upon the time of the day, the day of the week and everything else, right? So again, as an example, at the time of this shooting, right, we've got Mother's Day coming up, yeah? And that's in what, about a week and a half's time, right? So, so again, like, at the moment, I'm, I'm working with a company who's doing big, big things in Mother Day. And one of the campaigns that they were trying to run was for the UK. And in the UK, Mother's Day is actually on a different day of the year, right? So we have Mother's Day here on the 27th of March, right? Oh, wow. Okay. Rather than the 9th of May, right? And I'm thinking, you know, and again, that's that's where sort of some of that that sort of local knowledge can really come into play. You know, so again, if, you, if you're purely selling online, that context is really important. So again, different different devices. So again, I look at the weather quite often if it's like heavy snow. I mean, obviously with, with the pandemic, things have kind of been turned on their head a little bit. But again, there's, there's been a lot of companies that have done really, really well because they're offering curbside pickup and, and things like that, which you need to include in the, the wording in your ads, right? Because obviously 
Um, you know, what, what you're looking for is to tell people what it is you're promoting, but also to, to tell them why they should kind of come buy something from you, right? So again, if it's, you know, it could be, you know, your promotions are, you offer free shipping, you offer curbside delivery, free returns, right? There's all sorts of different things that you can include in and around your ad to make people compelled to want to kind of buy from you, to take some of that risk away, right? Because I think, again, a lot of people, if it's certainly if it's a significant purchase, they don't want to have kind of like buyer's remorse. They want to go, I spent 300 bucks. Why did I buy that? What a waste of money, right? They just want to be able to know that they had the opportunity to kind of reverse it if they need to, you know, and, and again, I, I think that's, that's sort of um, quite an important part of what, what people need to do. So let's talk about the landing experience. So I, so I see your ad for Chuck sneakers. I click on it. It takes me to your landing page on your website. Can you talk about sort of like landing page best practices and, and what that landing experience should be like? What I'm going to tell you, Melinda, is I'm going to tell you some of the things that I think a lot of people do as a mistake, right? So so there's a lot of people that, that make huge mistakes when it comes to e-commerce businesses, right? And if I can kind of give people any advice, it's like, don't make these mistakes, right? Because again, if, if you if you think about the platforms, right? So so the main platforms and sort of like we, we work primarily with um, e-commerce businesses that run on Shopify, right? That's not to say that we haven't run with businesses on big commerce, Magento and so on, right? But, but um, you know, we, we kind of tend to work with businesses that run Shopify because they have, again, they have an ecosystem that kind of caters to small, medium and large size businesses, right? And then people can kind of grow into the ecosystem as they go along. But again, there's also this kind of um, an app store directory of all these third-party vendors that have tools that go to support the building of a, a kind of um, a Shopify store. The challenge is that some of them are, they, they come at a cost, right? So you have to pay to kind of use them, right? And they also can slow your site down, right? So um, some of the things that I see a lot of people do, which I really think, that, which they wouldn't is, you know, imagine you type in, you know, a, a, you, you type something into Google, you click on the link, you go through to the landing page. Before you've had a chance to do anything at all on the site, right, the first thing you'll do is you'll get a big pop-up that says, hey, do you want to kind of like get 15% off, give me your email address and sign up for my newsletter? And it's like, you've had no chance to form any sort of relationship or rapport with those people, right? So why are you trying to offer them an incentive to kind of like sign up for your newsletter? They've, they've got no reason to want to do that because they don't know anything about your business at that particular point, right? So I'm not saying that you shouldn't get people to want to try and sign up for your newsletter. That's important, but not right out the gates, right? In the same way that I don't think you should be trying to give the game away right out the gates by offering people a discount, right? Because again, it's like, you know, if, if your product, if you feel that your product is good and reasonably priced, then why offer a discount? I mean, obviously at the moment, anyone that's kind of promoting things for Mother's Day, right? There's heavy, heavy discounting going on because that's what they feel. You know, again, it's, it's all, it, I, I, I mean, sadly, my mum passed away a couple of years ago, but I can just think to myself, I can't imagine saying to my mum, well, I was going to buy you a present, but I couldn't find a decent enough discount, so I didn't get you a present. Right? <laughs> you <better laughs> it, just, not. <laughs> it just wouldn't happen, right? So, so I think in some respects, like, there are times when a, a good promotion is really important, right? And there are times when it's less important, certainly on the B2B side of things, right? So again, let's say, you know, I worked with a company that was doing emergency call out for like flooding, 
they don't need to kind of like worry about somebody shopping around for discounts or anything like that. It's like if you're up to here with water, right, in your living room and the water's rising, rising, you're not going to go, I'm just going to check to see if I can get another quote from another company to see if they're $10 cheaper than that no, company. No, the first right? guy that answers like, the phone. Who's, who can get here first, right? And sometimes it is. It's like who's there first, right, will be the most important thing. So, again, one thing I would suggest if you're doing B2B and it is a kind of an emergency service type solution, then click to call ads are really important, right? So that's people will, will you know, you can kind of have people phone you directly. So yeah, so, so that's something that I would I would definitely recommend if you if you are doing kind of B2B and you are a kind of a, an emergency service like plumber or you know HVAC repair or something like that, then have it have the ability to be able to get talking to people kind of like quickly. Now, what about if you're selling something like candles or luxury chocolate or something something that well, like, but people don't need, right? Like, how do yeah. you, how do you do that? Like, what's the best strategy to do that? Yeah, so so I mean that that that's an interesting point. I mean, again, I think a lot of a lot of the um the, the reasons why people kind of do this, it's driven by in in a lot of cases the opinions of other people, right? So I think if you have like a lot of reviews, people that have used your service, I I will say to people like there's three golden rules of of like getting reviews. The first one is to ask for them. The second one is to ask for them. And the third one is to ask for them, right? Because so many people don't get reviews because they don't ask for reviews. So the most important thing is to just ask for them and people will give them, right? You don't have to offer them an incentive. Um, you know, it, it's, it's just something like, hey, how did we do? You know, did, did kind of what we send you, how did that work? But, but again, I think when it comes to... Um, selling that experience again that's where i think sometimes the quality of your supporting information so again like if you're going to do um, something like candles right then i would probably shoot a video right and have a video ad that runs on facebook as a means to kind of promote that product right and it, again it could be a woman lying in the i mean you have to be careful with like nudity and stuff like that any sort of skin <laughs> anything anything that's skin related facebook don't like it but you know but it's something that you know you, you could have something where people could kind of visualize that candle in their hallway or something like that mm-hmm. um, and and also i think the, the one thing i would sort of suggest is when you're trying to to kind of make sales what you want to try and do is you want to try and offer people the ability to kind of increase their average order value so again, it could be that, um, you know, let's say you're selling a candle that's 20 bucks, you might offer, you know, free shipping if they buy two candles, right? And then that way, you know, you're increasing your average order value from $20 to $40, right? And the extra money that it'll cost you for sending out, you know, and you paying for the shipping will, will hopefully be more than offset by the increased sale, right? Because you're still acquiring a customer, but what you're doing is you're acquiring a $40 customer rather than a $20 customer. But let's talk about that now. If you're selling online, let's say you're selling on a marketplace, like you're selling on Amazon or something like that, don't you have to take into account in your pricing, not just the cost of being on that marketplace, but also the cost of the shipping, the cost of the ads, because people can buy ads on Amazon too now. So, yeah, yeah. you know, isn't the pricing thing really important? Because you could be making a whole bunch of sales and still not making money if you didn't price your product correctly. Yeah. And, and I, I think, again, I think a lot of a lot of promotional stuff will really kind of come down to how likely is it that people are going to buy again, right? I get, you know, so if you're selling a product that is 
you know, more likely to be a kind of re- repetitive product, then you may want to kind of like take a small hit on acquiring that first customer, knowing that they're from a lifetime value perspective, they are going to be more valuable, right? So again, like if you're selling a subscription of some description, so, you know, let's say you're doing socks of the month club or something like that, right? So people buy a box with some pairs of socks in it, right? And then every month you send them another box with some more socks in it, right? So, you know, that initial sale is obviously you're acquiring a, a, a sort of customer, but then lifetime value-wise, you may kind of get three, four, five, maybe even 12 kind of repeat purchases down the line, right? And that's where that segmentation, right? This is where, you know, it's important that you try and use your sort of email platforms and things like that to segment your audience into the way in which they actually kind of interact with you, right? So again, we, we try and work on the basis of, you know, you've got sort of the awareness, people don't know who you are, consideration, they kind of know who you are, but they want to know more about what you sell, right? The purchase, which is they're actually at the point where they got their credit card in their hand, right? And a lot of people kind of try and dive in at that point, right? And it's just go, hey, buy mine, buy my things. You've talked to, talked to all these people, here's my stuff, I'm going to sell it to you, right? And you want to try and be in the, in the conversation right the way through. Once you get past that purchase, what you're then looking for is you're looking for the people that will become your advocates and your evangelists, right? Because they're the people that will help spread the word about your company, right? Socially, so, you know, social, social media can be really good in that respect, right? And I've seen a lot of companies will use, you know, third-party solutions to help them kind of set up some sort of like an affiliate program where people can recommend the product to other people, you know? And again, there'll be people that you will know, right? Categorically, this person will buy three times a year. They'll buy something for their mom, something at Christmas, something, you know, at Easter. So, you know, you can probably model it out and work on the basis that that particular customer might be worth four times whatever your typical kind of line item for you for your sole product might be sure now i want to ask you a question and i know certainly as someone that owns an agency i can guess what your your answer might be to this but should people really do their own facebook ads or do they really need to hire help so I, I, I think it's a kind of combination of both, right? The reason I say that, I, th- I think like you need to understand the process of what it's like to buy media for yourself. I think also you need to educate yourself. And that's, I guess, where people like yourself come in with the courses that you sell to help educate people on what the right things to do are, right? Because again, it's, it's like buying media from Facebook or Google doesn't come with a manual to tell you exactly how to do it, right? They, like I said, they have lots of videos, tutorial videos that will tell you how to spend a lot of money, but they don't necessarily have a vested interest. If you make bad mistakes, that's on you. That's not on them, right? They'll take your money regardless, right? And that, I'm not being kind of critical of Facebook and Google. It's just like, that's the way it is, you know? And I think that the, the, the challenge is, is that, you know, if you want to, to kind of take things to another level, the, the important thing is to try and find the right sort of people to work with to give you the ability to kind of scale it, right? Because again, what, what you don't want to do, you know, if you have the capability to bring it in-house, right, then that might be an option, but, but again, I think when, when you look at it, I mean, you know, Google and Facebook probably update their platform 50 to 100 times a year, right? So it's very, very difficult to keep up to date with all of the changes that, that kind of go on, right? And sometimes, you know, things that might have worked for you historically stop working for you because the rules changed and you, don't, you, didn't, you weren't aware that the rules changed. And, and I always kind of say to, to, to kind of my clients, I'm like, 
I will put far more money on the table than I will ever take off it, right? So for me, it's like, I don't consider the cost of an agency as a cost. I actually see it as an investment in the growth of their business. But, you know, but I would say that because I'm running an agency. <laughs> sure. Well, I just really wanted you to give my students some perspective because I think that, you know, I'm teaching them this course. I'm teaching them the what. I'm teaching them a little bit of the strategy, but I'm not teaching them the how. And that's because that's a whole nother course I would have to teach to really be yeah. like how to actually place ads. I'm, t- I'm just explaining the anatomy of an ad and sort of like strategy and the stuff you need to know. But I do think that it is. Yeah, and, and, and I think I think really it's, it's almost like a, if you are going to approach an agency, then you need to understand what it is you're getting for your money, right? Because again, I think I've seen a lot of people, again, we get, we get approached by a lot of companies who want to work with us. And when you actually look at what they've been running before, right, you realize that they've been really badly ripped off. And I hate that. I hate the fact that, you know, that customers are being ripped off by agencies. And again, I think sometimes I don't even think it's the agency deliberately trying to go out their way to rip them off. I think it's just the way in which the commercial arrangement that they set up worked. Right. So, so for me, again, I, I think it's, um, you know, it's important that, you, you know, you try and sort of understand what sort of questions you should be asking of an agency. But I definitely think if you've had the opportunity to kind of get your hands dirty a little bit yourself to start with, it will give you a much better understanding as to what's involved. So you'll appreciate people when they actually do come along. If you do decide to kind of go out and and sort of, you know, hire a marketing partner to kind of work with you, that you'll have a much better appreciation as to what's involved, how much time it takes and what the, the kind of nuances of it are. So if I'm just getting started, like just getting started with pay-per-click ads on Google or Facebook ads, what kind of, um, daily budget should I have in mind to test initially? Do I need 50 bucks a day to test? Do I need? 20? So again, I, I would, I would probably say if you, if you can spend um, a lot of time to set up a business, you know, it's going to be unrealistic for you to spend $5 a day forever and turn it into an eight figure business, right? It's just not going to happen. But, but, you know, but I think it's, it's something that, you know, I think to sort of start off with, I would probably suggest, and I always say to people, look, what you need to do is you need to go in with your um, expectations set right at the beginning, right? I would, I would say take $1,000 on Facebook, $1,000 on Google, and expect that if nothing, you know, if nothing else happens, you've blown two grand. And I, I, I always say that you will never, ever not get success from $2,000, but at least if you kind of go in with that sort of as your, as your expectation. And also, it, it really depends on what time of year you decide to start promoting, right? I mean, right at this particular point in time, it's Mother's Day. It's very active. There's lots of people out there buying, so it's much more competitive. So, you know, your money would go less far, right? So, so I think it's, it's really, again, just try and pick your moments, right? You don't need to necessarily be on all the time. And again, that's, that's what I always say to people. The beauty of paid media is you can switch it on and off, right? So that, you know, again, I always say to people, if you start ranking, so again, let's say you were, you were selling sneakers and all of a sudden Google decided that your site was the best site in the whole world for the term sneakers, right? And you went from getting 10 visits a day to a million visits a day. You just wouldn't be able to cope with the volume of incremental sales, right? With your little kind of two people that are packing boxes and shipping them out the door. You just wouldn't be able to cope with the volume. Whereas at least with paid media, you have the ability to say, hey, we've got capacity to kind of 
my, my brother's going to come and help me pack some boxes so we can actually sell some more. You know, I don't have to worry about cash flow because I've got sort of some a, a kind of line of credit from the bank or something. So I can actually take some more, more risks with it. I think that, you know, it's not, it's not just the media itself that you need to kind of look at. You need to look at all facets of the business, right? Which is why, again, I think it's really important that people need to learn the foundations of running a business rather than just the foundations of buying ads. Because I, th- I think a lot of people just go credit card, Facebook, Google, pilot in, start spending a ton of money and don't really have a successful business because they don't understand the mechanics of how running a business works, right? And payroll and, you know, P&L and cash flow and everything else. Well, you know, in this course, we kind of walk them through all of those things. We talked about the nuts and bolts of starting. Which is great. You know, we talked about all the different aspects of, online marketing and what's involved in that and really understanding who your target customer is and getting real real clear about that person and their needs and wants and desires. And then we talked about, you know, when you first get started in business, you might not have money, right, to buy ads. So we talked about how to sell without ads and different things you can do, getting in gift guides, sending product to influencers, you know, like the kind of stuff you can do that cost you money, but is the scrappy stuff, money. right? Yeah. The scrappy gorilla ninja, ninja stuff. stuff, right? Yeah. And then, and then, and now we're, it's like, if you want to scale a business, the only way to really scale a business that largely sells online is to put paid ads into your marketing mix, right? Obviously it's not yeah. the only thing you're doing. I, I, de- I definitely think paid ads can be like the rocket fuel that really kind of gets your ship off the ground. Right. I mean, that can kind of like launch you stratospheric if you get it right. You know, and again, the, the, the beauty of it is, you know, it's so easy to kind of set it up and it's, it is so easy to scale that if you, you know, if you kind of set yourself up at the right time, you know, there's no reason. I mean, the, the thing with SEO is it's, it's a slow burning process, right? As much as you want it to succeed, right? There's no guarantee. One, there's no guarantee it's going to work. Two, it could take six to nine months before you start ranking for the terms that you want to rank for. And like I said before, you could get to the point where you start ranking and you get so much traffic, you can't cope with the sales volume that comes with it, right? Whereas at least with paid media, you have the ability to kind of toggle it down, turn it down, turn it off, right? Or, or turn it up if you kind of want more sales. So it's, it's more pliable and, and, you know, you can do more with it. But it's gotten a lot more complicated, right? It used to be- It has, yeah. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it, I think it's got more complicated. I mean, you know, like just in the last couple of days, you know, Apple have introduced some new privacy kind of requirements on um, iOS, which is the Apple operating system for people on iPhones, right? So all of a sudden, Facebook's gone from being a sort of really granular targeted kind of platform to all of a sudden, they're going to be estimating a lot of the conversions. And that's catching a lot of people out. A lot of people are worried about that. I think fortunately for your students, they don't have to worry about that because they, they will only know this kind of version two, they won't know the old one, right? So they're in good shape. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, so if I had to ask you one last question, what is the best advice you could give someone who's just starting out with online ads? What would you tell them? I would say don't give up. I see so many people get this close to success and then they kind of throw in the towel, right? Just don't give up. But 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 also, again, I mean, I, I run a, a sort of a forum for media buyers. There are lots of people that will quite happily help you for free. Again, I help a lot of people for free with advice and help to kind of give them some guidance on what needs to be done. I quite, I quite often will audit people's accounts for them and just kind of give them some, you know, general kind of feedback on what to do and how to do it and everything else. Um, But yeah, don't, don't give up, you know, don't, don't 
think that you'll ever be able to take on some of these big kind of deep pocketed publicly traded companies that spend a lot of money. Don't try and be them. Just try and kind of weave your way sort of in, in between the gaps and, you know, and, f- and find your place and, and um, yeah, and just sort of stick with it. I think it's a fun space. And like I said, I've, I've been very fortunate. I've made a very good living for the last 22 years doing it and hope to, to do it for however long, you know, until I probably get bored of doing it. I don't think I'll ever get bored of doing it, but you know, I may get to the point where I decide to kind of call time and retire, but you know, I don't know. Well, thank you so much, Jim Banks. You have been a wealth, wealth of information. I really, really appreciate you and appreciate your time. Thank you, Melinda. It's been great. Now, thank you so much, Jim Banks. I really appreciate your time here on the Small Biz Chat Podcast. You know, you just dropped gem after gem after gem. And for the rest of you, if you're interested in learning more about how to sell and market online, head over to Small Biz Lady University and check out my new course, How to Sell and Market Online. It's there for you and there are many more to come. So with that, I hope you all have enjoyed this episode of the Small Biz Chat Podcast and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Belinda Emerson. For more resources and small business success strategies, visit succeedasyourownboss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.